Great customer experience rules the world of business in our digital age. Expectations are higher than ever. And the companies that deliver? They're on top because they know how to harness the power of artificial intelligence and automation. Want to sharpen your acumen? Then tune in to the CX Experience. Each episode, host Eric Cavanaugh interviews the brightest minds in digital. From AI and machine learning to analytics and automation, you'll learn it all. And now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. And folks, I'm so excited for today's show. We're starting a whole series on customer experience or the experience in general. We're going to be talking to my good buddy, Diane Hinchcliffe of Constellation Research and Jamie Merritt, a very clever guy from a company called Verant. We're going to talk about AI. We'll talk about a maturity model, really talk about practical uses of artificial intelligence. So what's really happening out there? And as you've heard probably on the show before, if you're a regular listener, we always talk about how the media narrative on AI is really quite incorrect. So when you hear about AI in the media, it tends to be the big, broad, deep learning, red-eyed robot stuff that's going to take over the world. That's not what's happening out there at all. Now, you do have some really compelling artificial intelligence technologies in self-driving cars, for example, serious business. You can imagine the amount of data that's needed, the amount of algorithms, the amount of training, the amount of research that goes into all this stuff, the sensors everywhere. It's just tremendous. And they're really getting somewhere these days. But the rest of the AI world tends to be pretty narrow and focused. In fact, that's even a term that is used, narrow AI. And what they're talking about is using artificial intelligence for a very specific purpose in your company. So I'll throw this out there, some ideas. We'll see if Diane agrees with me and Jamie uh, when he comes in later. But from my research, AI typically falls into two main categories in terms of what it does. One is classification. So what is this object? Is this a name? Is this a hot dog? Is this a street corner? And the other is really optimization of a decision. So a decision point like pricing. What is the optimal pricing for this widget based on market demand, for example, based upon how many we have, how much we want to make, all these things, there are factors that can go into the algorithm itself that helps you optimize pricing. So those are the two main categories. If you look around, AI is everywhere now, folks, and that's largely because of Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these big tech companies that have been really just taking over the scene the last 20 years. I I think about LinkedIn. Remember the who's who business directory? Anyone old enough to remember that? Where those guys go? Nowhere. It's not, I mean, it's not even, it does exist still, believe it or not, but come on. LinkedIn has just taken over in, in classic Um, in classic style, and they dominate the market. Facebook dominates theirs. Instagram dominates theirs. All these guys are using the daylights out of AI for all kinds of reasons to to optimize databases, to optimize data in the databases or the data sources, right? To know who to market to, when to market to. Lots of different ways you can use it. The key is to be focused, be practical, and have realistic expectations about what you can get And as we'll hear from Jamie later on, you need to know what you want to get from it. You can't just go buy some AI and hope that things work out. You have to try to achieve something very specific and know what that outcome looks like. So with that, without further ado, let's bring in Diane Hinchcliffe of Constellation Research, a real expert in this field, not just in how the AI works, but when it works and when it doesn't work. So with that, Diane, welcome to the show. Tell us a bit about yourself and your research and what do you see happening in the world of practical, reasonable AI? 
Uh, sure, thanks. Uh, so I, I'm VP and Principal Analyst with Constellation Research. Uh, I focus on the future of work uh, and all things having to do with the Chief Information Officer, that's who really manages technology in our, our organizations. Uh, and I've been tracking automation and artificial intelligence as a major trend in how we are improving our businesses, uh, how we're making decisions. You talked about things like classification, but really you know, using AI for to really analyze all the things we don't have time to analyze. We're, we're swamped in data. Um, and, and then we're just the beginning of the story over the next 20, uh, 10 or 20 years. We're going we're gonna to have much, much more information flowing into our organizations continually being all these devices that we're always connected to, all these customers we're always connected to around the clock. Uh, and so uh, about a year ago, I surveyed the top 100 uh, chief information officers, who I thought the top 100 were, uh, and pestered them until they, they said, well, I asked them, what are you going to be using? What technology is, are you going to be using to improve value in your organization using what you have already today, the data and the systems you have today? What are you going to be using most? Uh, and uh, way at the top of the list was automation and AI. Hmm. Uh, that's how they plan on getting value out of their businesses. We're greatly underexploiting the, the knowledge stores, the information, the databases. We just have the stuff sitting around and we're not using it in all these places because we simply don't have time. Uh, one of the big uh, issues we ran into with when, when the, uh, the first analytics and automated uh, reporting systems came out is it swamped the humans. They didn't have time to action all this information. Wow. Uh, they, they would they would be completely paralyzed by all this information. And AI now gives us this ability to action it to say, all right, not only can I maybe analyze this and classify this for you so that we can then get it into a pipeline in our business. Uh, but I can also help you make that decision. I can even help you find outcomes and decisions you didn't even think of. All right, that's kind of on the on the, on the, the um, most more advanced side of things. And so, uh, what we're seeing is businesses think this is going to be key to unlocking a lot of the untapped value that they have. Uh, that they're they're not they're not performing as well as they could. And so that's that's really kind of in a nutshell what we're seeing right now. Yeah, that's such a good point, too. I'm glad you brought that up about all this data that's sitting out there, right? And you have all, especially companies that have been around for a while, you have all of this ERP data, like your SAP data, PeopleSoft, et cetera. You have tons and tons of customer data. And I know Verit works in customer experience, so maybe we'll focus on customer data a bit. You can find all kinds of things in your historical data. You can figure, You can profile, for example, your customers, and put them into groups that make sense so you can segment them. I talked about segmenting or classification, really. Which group does this person belong in that person? Lots of different algorithms can do that. But the idea is that you can get these optimal groups or segments to market things to. And if you have AI and you use it effectively, that can really help you figure out who those people are. So you're not making sort of arbitrary gut decisions about who to put in this category. You're looking at the data and letting the algorithm suggest to you, hey, these 3,200 people out of your 50,000 names seem to be most interested in this particular topic. Why don't you market to them first? It's that kind of practical application that can really get some bang for the buck. What do you think, Diane? I could not agree more. Uh, in fact, what we're really seeing is it'll, it'll help us understand our customers better. We'll use a lot of the data we're just not using to improve our marketing and our sales and even the products and services themselves. Uh, but really, the, the goal is, is where this is going to end up is real-time personalization, AI that actually it sits inside your relationship with the company and improves it based on everything it knows about you and and everything that happens in that experience. It learns from that and can create, say, eventually we'll all have one-to-one personalized, individualized experiences. Uh, uh, but right now, 
our limits of our technology really says it's going to be around personas. Uh, but the, the promise is, is that really we're going to be, get the kinds of relationships and have the kinds of experiences generated just for us. AI is, is, is taking us on that journey. And so that, that's really the end goal there. And it's very exciting. Yeah, AI is taking us on the journey. I love this. And there's so much untapped potential in all of that data. And, you know, we've heard some big companies talking about this for a while. SAP, a few years ago, when I met Diane at one of these events, was talking about supply chain. And they talked about us like a customer of one or a supply chain of one. They were alluding to the same thing of hyper-personalization, really learning who you are and tracking your behavior. And so not just grouping you into a big big chunk of people who might be similar to you. No, like actually paying attention to you and what you buy. Now it it takes time to do that. It takes energy. It takes computational power, right? These different algorithms have different taxes, if you will, on your systems, on your compute, on your data, et cetera. But maybe let's talk about that first stage where you, you point an algorithm at a bunch of data. You want to make sure it's the right data. You want to make sure people, the algorithm should have access to that data and from a governance perspective. But that discovery process is pretty interesting. And I think it starts by looking at the different groups and looking at the different kinds of behavior. And then your team will kind of dive in on that. Look, these people like to buy products at one o'clock in the morning. Hmm, what can we learn about them? And you kind of dig deeper and deeper iteratively to find what works. And then obviously what you want to do is when you find something that works, you kind of amplify that out. Right, Diane? Uh, Exactly right. And so uh, really training AIs and having these, these pools of machine learning agents where you're teaching it, uh, you know, using your proprietary information, you want to have your, your AI, your algorithm better trained uh, and better able to make, uh, you know, smart insights or or better decisions or whatever. Uh, but that will, uh, the world continues to change. And so the, the real challenge is, right. is how do I keep my AI better and smarter than the competition so that it serves my customers better, my workers and my suppliers? That's really the, the, you know, the next competitive advantage. Uh, we're seeing the real advances like on the cutting edge of the space and like uh, you know, self-driving automobiles where they, where they take literally tens of millions of driving experiences and, and force the AI to, to, to learn from them and see what decisions that human driver makes. And somebody had to sit there and say, this was a good decision. This was a bad decision. So, and we want you to learn from that, you know, and, and they teach the AI. And, and so there's these big, you know, learning farms that you have where you're teaching the, your AI uh, how to make the decisions you hope it will make in a new situation that, that, that uh, you know, it, it learns from experience and then can apply that in a new situation for you automatically without a human there. Unattended uh, uh, um, machine learning and unattended delivery of the insights and decision making, that can unleash almost unlimited value. Uh, Elon Musk said they realized that by training a self-driving car really created a, an AI that learned how to navigate the world. And now they're now using that technology and el- elsewhere. They have a new robot called, called Optimus that's mm-hmm. based on all that machine learning because they realize, well, we've created an AI that can navigate through the world. Uh, we might as well use that elsewhere. So the, 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 the possibilities are really amazing and they're kind of limitless. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'll throw one more question over to you and then we'll bring Jamie in. You talked about needing to train the models and stay on top of them. And of course, COVID came around and one of the, the interesting storylines a couple months after the pandemic really began in earnest was that uh, customer behavior went out the window, meaning everyone started doing things differently. And so the algorithms that you had to predict human behavior before the pandemic just didn't really work once the pandemic kicked into gear. So that's, I mean, that's a classic example of how external factors can alter behavior and thus throw off your algorithms, right, Diane? 
really there is a shelf life on all of these. These machine learning models in, in a very low variability, low chain field might last for a few months or a few years or, or maybe even longer. But if you're really in a hyper-competitive environment, and most the, the, anyone who's in the online space is in a hyper-competitive environment, and that's now right. everybody, that's you right. really need uh, algorithms and you need a, a, you know, a, a learning farm uh, that is continuously updating um, uh, your, what you know with your latest data and then turning that uh, you know, back into your business. So, yeah, it's a process that never ends. It's, it's, a, it's a marathon, but it's just something you have to do on the side. And, you know, unless you're trying to trying to create self-driving, it's not going to be, you know, even a major investment. It's something you have to make sure you're doing and managing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Well, let's bring in Jamie Merritt from Verint, and that company is V-E-R-I-N-T. They do a lot of customer experience stuff. Jamie, tell us a bit about yourself and Verint and how you folks are leveraging AI to improve customer experience and do other stuff. My name is Jamie Merritt. I'm a chief product officer at Verint. Um, and I've been looking and studying and researching AI. Um, God, I think back to my college days, which is a really long time ago. Um, so, yeah. you, know, you know, AI has been around for a very long time, um, but it's, it's hit that point of hyper acceleration over the last decade because computing has become uh, uh, ubiquitously available. I can get the largest and most computer machinery in the world available to me, uh, you know, just by sitting in a coffee shop and using Amazon. So I do think AI, not only the AI methodologies, but fundamentally the approachability of AI um, and, and the ability for, for someone, you know, anyone in a software company or anyone with an idea to leverage AI to sell their problems has really changed dramatically. And that's what's brought us into this um, and new renaissance of AI, but I'm, I'm now starting to sound like the marketing guys that, that we're talking about in the beginning. So it's, you know, um, at Verant, a lot of, you know, we, we build uh, software that's focused on customer engagement. Um, we have many different applications across our cloud platform, and we imbue AI across them um, really to help people solve core problems. In general, everything we do with Verant is about making customer engagement easier, more automated, and allowing our customers to do more with uh, more with less. So we talk about the engagement capacity gap, how the volume of interactions, the variability of interactions, the way your customers want to engage with your company has changed dramatically and uh, over the last few years. But budgets and people aren't changing as, as quickly as the, the rest of the world is changing. So how do you deal with that um, increased volume and engagement? How do you deal with all the different types of ways customers want to engage with you? Well, AI helps us work with our customers and solve problems that help them close that engagement capacity gap and let them do better customer engagement, more optimal outcomes, and do more with that same staff and with that same spend or even reduce spend, but create employee, make super employees out of employees. So in general, AI is always solving an important problem for our customers. And in general, it's about leveraging automation and AI to do more with less and close that engagement capacity. There's a bunch of good stuff in there. And I'd like to pick on one thing in particular that you pointed out, which is that there's so much more data. There are so many more channels. Let's talk about omni-channel and channel expansion. If you want to talk about a fantastic use case for AI, it's looking through your data, your customer engagements, and figuring out who engages where. Some people prefer email. Some people prefer LinkedIn, direct messages. Some people prefer text messages. Some people prefer the phone, believe it or not, or direct mail or whatever it is. 
So you can scan your, your CRM systems and see who engages in which capacity and then focus on that channel for them. I mean, it's a simple thing, but wow, what a powerful thing to do, right, Jamie? Well, absolutely. I mean, if you think about um, where were you just going with Dion before around hyper-personalization and getting down to that, that persona of one, um, that's a lot of what you're trying to do. You know, how do I understand someone's channel preferences, um, not only based on their history, like what I know about them specifically, but also what I know about their demographics, their peer group, you know, based on you know different uh, different demographics, whether it's age, whether it's location, you know, they're gonna they're they're generally going to prefer certain channels, certain types of day they want to be contacted, and AI is fantastic at actually discovering those types of patterns. When you have this mass of data and you're trying to create many, many different categorizations and clustering across all these different users, AI is tremendous at solving that problem because you have, you have what do you need? You have a wealth of data, that's mm-hmm. really important. And you, you can define what good outcomes look like. You can define um, this customer was happy. We, we resolved their issue on the first discussion. Um, they, uh, they, they said they gave us a good NPS score after it. You have ways of actually judging the outcome that says, you know, this interaction was good um, because we chose the right channel. We contacted them at the right time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the CX Experience. We hope you learned a thing or two. And check out Varench.com for case studies, ebooks, and white papers about the ultimate customer experience.